following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. It's ready because it is tournament time in Middle Tennessee for high school basketball, and we are going to talk about it right now. This is Main Street Preps This Week with Russell Vanozzi and Tyler Palmatier covering high school sports all across Middle Tennessee. Now, here are your hosts. With Tyler Palmatier, here's Russell Vanozzi. It's time for another episode of the Main Street Preps This Week show. I'm Russell Vanozzi, joined as always by Tyler Palmatier. And basketball season is about to get really fun. This week, Tyler, we're going to weed out some teams and and figure out who is going to be making some runs towards the state tournament. Yeah, I hate to weed out some teams, but it's, it's that time. It's about to get, um, you know, really fun. I'm, I'm kind of excited to see maybe what uh, maybe what mid-range kind of sleeper teams will emerge. So, um, yeah, it's going to be really fun. Definitely. And so on today's show, we are going to talk to Pope Prep Boys Basketball boys basketball coach Charles Wade uh, go over our latest Fab 15 Mid-State basketball rankings and preview uh, who we think might make some of these district and region tournament finals this week. So first we are going to bring in Mr. Charles Wade today. How are you doing guys? His team is, hey there he is. Hey Charles we're doing well. How are you? Doing well. Charles it is a, a big week for your team. Um with the Division II AA Middle Region Tournament coming up. Uh, do you like where your squad stands, having won six straight and, and carrying this 20-7 and seven record into the postseason? Yeah, I, I couldn't ask for us to be in a better position, you know, to win six going into our region regional tournament. And uh, I feel good about uh, where we are as a team and, and how we've been competing and, and, and look forward to um, this uh tough competition we're going to face here in the next couple of days yeah charles just uh, you know this you know you, you hit it right on the head just you look at the scores from your guys's region and you know we've covered several games it's they're really competitive uh well-played ball games it seems like every score is somewhere in that four to ten point range just really competitive uh, it's not quite over yet you're not done with those guys yet but what's the season been like in that region for you it's been a grind. Uh, as, as you know, before every game, you know, me and the other coaches will will talk, and I think that's one of the biggest topic of conversations. Is if you don't show up every night in our region, you you, you can get beat uh, from teams one through seven, and and if we're not ready to play, then that's exactly what's going to happen. And and every game we've played outside of the first game that we played with BA back in December has been a one or two possession basketball game. So I, I feel like our guys are really battle tested and, and ready for postseason ball just just through the competition that we've had in Division Two, double um, A middle. Yeah, and as a follow up to that, Russell and I were just talking yesterday about how we can't believe that you know, when you look at NBA CPA tonight, that's a state champion and a state runner up from last year. One of them's going home. After tonight, yeah. that's just—I think that's a pretty good illustration of how tough this uh, region is. And um, you all have really emerged as maybe you know 
I don't know, you didn't have maybe a postseason, a big accolade from last year, but you two, what, what has it, what's been the key to success for you guys getting in night in, night out in that region? Uh, just consistent play and, and, and being really good defensively. Um, I think that's been our biggest jump from last year, just kind of the attention to that. Um, and then our senior leadership. We have four seniors that all find ways to take over a game. Uh, I mean, Tristan Conger has been an all-state player for us. He's, he's been really good. And um, then I think you got Connor Turf who could shoot with anybody in the state. And, and then Josh Hickson is a crafty, crafty scorer who's hit some big shots for us all year. And then you have Joseph Bill who leads the state. I would assume in charges who I think he sits at around 25 charges. So I think they all find ways to put their imprint on basketball games. And that's been our biggest reason for success and their, and their leadership. And, and our locker room is, is really, really good this year. I, 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 the chemistry is off the charts. And when you look across the boys' basketball landscape in middle Tennessee, Pope prep is not always the first school that you think of Charles. Uh, so, School only has one state Final Four appearance, and that was way back in 2007. Since you took over yeah. as coach a few years ago, I, what has it kind of taken to get the players to believe that they can compete at this high level and, and uh, compete with teams and even beat teams like Brentwood Academy, NBA, and Innsworth that have kind of year in, year out a chance uh, at state titles? I just think it's, it's been a gradual build. Um, the first team I took over had, had some success. I think we went to the – Substate that year and played a really tough Macaulay team. That's where we got eliminated. And then, and then the two years after that, we had to kind of uh, rebuild it up. So we, you know, we had some teams that did fairly well outside of region play, and we'd get in region and just it would just, <laughs> I mean, just destroy us. We we'd be lucky to win two or three games. And I think last year, you know, beating NBA and BA in the same week, kind of. Uh, opened our eyes and made us understand that we could compete at this level and we had the players um, in that locker room that that could compete in this region night in and night out and you know they one was the state and one was the state runner up so that that gave us a lot of confidence um, going into the off season we had a really good summer and we just we really believed that we had a team that could compete with anybody. You mentioned Tristan Conger earlier. Charles, he's averaging just over 16 points per game and shooting over 50% from the field. Uh, what makes him go? What's the key to those numbers? Uh, Tristan is a it just dynamic. Uh, he, he, he really likes to play fast and get in the open floor. Um, but he's, he's a, uh, an intelligent point guard, and he just uh, – he just finds a way to score. Um, sometimes even when he doesn't have it going, he, he gets to the free throw line. I think he's uh, made over 115 free throws this year. And last year, that was a weakness for him. I think he was around 58, 59%. And this year, he's up close to 80%. And and when when you add that to your game, um, it, it, it just makes you a tough defender. And he's also really improved his jump shot, which I would probably say was a deficit from last year is he's uh once he's if he's hitting that then good luck trying to guard him because he he can get to the basket at will mm -hmm. 
And a couple other guys you rattled off there, Charles, were senior guards Josh Josh Hickson and Connor Turf, uh, who are both shooting nearly 40% on their three-point attempts this season. How important, I guess two-part question for you here, uh, how important has it been to have multiple outside threats like that? And have those two always been really good shooters, or have they uh, taken a step forward this year? Uh, Connor has been a good shooter since his freshman year today. The day he stepped foot on campus, uh, uh, it just took him a you know a couple years to kind of uh, to get be physical enough, I guess, to play on this level. And um, last year he started to emerge a little bit, especially once we got into region play. Uh, and Josh, uh, he's just a natural scorer. Um, I would even he he get he has a quick release. If you look at Josh, and you probably wouldn't think that he he could uh, score the way he does, but he has what we like to call the old man game. Uh, he could he could put the ball on the floor and, and score inside, and he he's he's a really crafty player. I know exactly what you mean. Those guys with old game old man game at the Y, they're the they're the ones that'll crush you. Really, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you, you, they walk out on the floor. You're thinking, I'm gonna I'm gonna box this guy out I'm gonna you know I'm gonna go right past him and then I don't know what they do they just they get the ball on the floor they get by you they use their body they and then they can shoot uh that so, describes yeah, Josh those, to a T <laughs> <laughs> those are the silent killers in the postseason yeah, that's, I, mean, that's I, what, I wouldn't that's even think really he could even about. <laughs> I don't even think he could jump over a phone booth but man that he, he just <laughs> finds a way to score he's tough uh and I just don't know where we'd be without those, you know, four guys. Absolutely. Um, let's Charles, let's talk about you just a little bit. Um, you've got the Dean of Admissions tag. What's the workload like between coaching basketball and, uh, you know, serving up there in administration? And, and can you tell us maybe a little bit what that Dean role entails? Uh, yeah, I, I have, uh, I'm, I joke all the time. I have a lot of titles here. I'm the Dean of Admissions, also the Dean of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. Uh, the biggest part of uh, my job is just to kind of see, oversee the admissions department. We have a directive admissions, which was what I was last year. We added a middle school during basketball season. So I, I had a really busy January and February, but as far as the admissions part, we do most of our enrollment, um, our acceptances by December, so it, it kind of slows down in January and February. So the day-to-day is not as, as grueling as, in, you know, November or December. Um, as far as the diversity, equity, and inclusion part, I, I, I just kind of oversee uh, what our school, we like to say, uh, uh, office of belonging. So I just try to make sure everybody, staff, student-wise, feel like this is a place where everyone can belong and, still accepted and, and things of that nature. So I, I just kind of uh, navigate my way through the three. But uh, but during basketball season, they show me a little bit of grace, and I, I tend to – my efforts tend to be more towards basketball. Sounds like that all works out timing-wise there. And, um, you know, speaking of basketball, another one more basketball question for you here, Charles. Um, sure. We're recording this on a Tuesday, and, you know, by the time people listen – the Middle Region Tournament will be down to uh, four teams. Uh, of course, Pope Prep, Brentwood Academy, and then the winners of the Innsworth Lipscomb Academy and CPA NBA games. Yes. I guess kind of just taking a step back and looking at the big picture, what what do you just make of the field, and do you think any of those teams are capable of winning it? Every one of those teams are capable of winning it. Uh, there's, there's no doubt in my mind. Uh, I think there's probably 
10 to 12 teams in Division AA that, is, that are capable of winning the state championship. They're, they're uh, east, west, and middle. Man, that's interesting. That's going to be a – man, it's about to be a furious finish in the – and that classification for sure in that region. Um, uh, we're going to get you out of here, Charles, but I was curious. Uh, I saw you're a self-proclaimed Dallas Cowboys fan. Uh, how did that start, and what do the Cowboys need to do in the offseason to, to get better here? Uh, it started back in 1979. I actually watched uh, the Steelers-Cowboys first Super Bowl, and I was a, I've was been a Cowboys fan ever since. Um, been in Mississippi, we really didn't have a team to – hook our, um, you know, hook ourselves into. And they, I, I think we eventually in that area started adapting the Saints in the uh, early to mid-80s. But by that time, I was I was long a Cowboys fan by then. Uh, what they have to do to Booster is they definitely have to take care of getting the middle of that offensive line fixed and, and continue to build the middle of that defense uh, and, and, and use their playmakers a little bit better than they used them this year. Uh, uh, to have three the three receivers that we had and and not be as productive as we thought they should have been going down the stretch. Charles, you might fit well in the analyst role, or maybe they need you in the front office over there at the Cowboys. That's a that, that was a pretty that's that a pretty be, brief. That would be uh, a well, dream job. <laughs> yeah, hey, well, I'll, if you need a reference, let me know. <laughs> I appreciate you. <laughs> Well, Charles, thanks thanks again for your time. We know it's a busy week for you, but uh, good luck to your team, and may you guys have better luck in the playoffs than the Cowboys have had the last few seasons. Uh, I, I hope so, and I appreciate you guys having me on, and I um, enjoyed it, and anytime. Thanks, Charles. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. been uh, Pope Prep Boys Basketball Coach Charles Wade. Big shout-out to him for taking a few minutes here to join us on Main Street Preps this week. and. You know, Pope. We're going to get to our rankings here in a minute, but Pope Prep continues to kind of creep up those rankings. Tyler, you had him at number four uh, this week. Don't want to spoil anything about what we're about to talk about, but they've they're right there in the thick of things for the first time in kind of a while, like Charles was talking about. No, I mean i've I've been able to see Pope a couple times, and um, I mean they've played BA close. Uh, uh, they're not going to beat themselves. They um, they roll out just the right combination of shooters and uh, you know a couple forwards, and I just think they. It sounds like Charles Roy loves his pieces, and they that is a good way to describe that team. It's they don't overwhelm you with any one thing, but I just love their pieces. And then of course, when one of those pieces is Tristan Conger, uh, you know, a scoring point guard who uh, is. He can shoot it, but he's also he's tough to stop when he gets going downhill. He's a good player. Um, I, I, that's just it's a good team. It's a good basketball team. That should be definitely a team to keep an eye on this week uh, in that uh, middle region tournament that we were harping on there. But before we get, talk more about that, let's get to our latest edition of our Fab Fifteen Mid State Basketball Power Rankings. And we are going to kick that off with the girls' side. Wasn't a whole lot of change here for the second week in a row, or maybe uh, this might be two or three weeks now that these teams have been at the top, but number one is still Blackman, number two, Innsworth, number three, Webb School, number four, Cookville, and number five, Page. Those teams, I'm doing some quick math here, Tyler, those teams have only combined for 11 losses all season, so um, wasn't too hard to, to stick with those top five. And then Coffee County and uh, right there at number six, and Loretto holding strong at seven despite taking their first loss of the season. We'll talk about that in just a second. But 
Rockvale dropped out uh, after a couple loss or um, a loss to Oakland last week and a loss to Coffee County before that. And Hillsboro, Upperman, and York Institute all on the outside looking in, but right there. Um, maybe next week they'll have a chance at the 14 or 15 spots, depending on how this week shakes out. But yeah, that top seven still still the same. And um, you know, hopefully once we get to some better games here in the postseason, some of these teams will get weeded out, and maybe Tyler, some of those top teams will have some better matchups that we can look forward to. Yeah, somebody's about to really make us uh, make some decisions because I mean, I, and it's kind of that time of year. I where, where our top 15 teams really get put to the test, you know, if we have the right ones or not. So, right, it, yeah. It'll be interesting. And they're going to start playing each other, and then that'll kind of do the work for us. So, uh, mm-hmm. But a couple of teams that did move up a bit this week were Westmoreland and Stewart's Creek. Uh, Westmoreland bumped up from number 12 to number 10. They are, of course, led by Anderson University signing Elena Akel, and I feel like that's a name I've been hearing for years. It's just one of those players that, uh, you know, when somebody comes in as a freshman and makes an impact, and then you look up and it's three years later and they're still playing, you're like, man, is that person graduated? Well, that's kind of that's kind of what Elena Akel is for Westmoreland. And, and, man, when you've got somebody like her that has that much experience, um, it kind of shows in the way they're playing. I'm sure, you know, I know they have other players too, but – uh, Westmoreland's outscoring its opponents by nearly 20 points a game, and they haven't lost since December 3rd. Uh, so that is not a team you want to see on the other side of the bracket uh, in the next couple weeks. Sewers Creek, uh, similar story. They jumped from number 15 to number 11. They went 3-0 and last week, and, and watch out for their senior guard, Zion Shannon. I got to see her play a little bit earlier this year when Stewart's Creek was still trying to figure things out. Uh, but she's averaging 17 points a game, and she went for over 30 points on back-to-back nights last week. Um, so with, with Shannon and, and the Lady Redhawks, they are hoping for a longer postseason stay. They got knocked out actually by Rockville last year in the first round of the district tournament, just kind of a heartbreaker there after a great season. So they're uh, they're back and, and hoping to not re- uh, repeat that same uh, mistake last year of maybe overlooking Rockville a little bit. And then finally, our new entrant to replace Rockville is Creekwood. They're 23 and 4 and they get in at number 14 of course after upsetting Loretto 46 49 to 46 excuse me last week and it's a pretty big statement win there for them and Brianna Burgess and Laura Nichols are a a pretty dangerous scoring combination that might just lead Creekwood back to the state tournament for the second year in a row and you know they moved up from 2A to 3A they're one of those teams that got shifted around when they added the new classification this offseason so it would uh Definitely be a, a big development for them to make the state tournament in their first year, playing some some tougher competition. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was Mo and Mo and Chris Yao had to remind me yesterday when I went on their show. I I thought I was under the impression Loretta was still unbeaten, um, and that was a game we'd kind of circled last week, Russell, as maybe being interesting. Mm-hmm. And I never followed up on it. Didn't realize Loretta had lost. So not a huge deal. I mean, it's a you know non-district to. Uh, kind of a hole in the schedule if you will not a big deal on that one but uh good for creekwood i think that was a that's a group we've kind of been looking at as get being able to get into that poll all year and uh picked up a huge win yeah Let's look at the boys confidence boost heading into the playoffs but yeah go ahead let's hear the boys yeah for sure um no that's that's the exact kind of confidence boost anybody wants um right before this time let's look at the boys rankings here these are all still on mainstreetpreps.com fab 15 uh, those will be, it should be right on the homepage. We're going to run through one through five. Number one, Brentwood Academy, followed by Beach, K 
Cane Ridge, Pope Prep in Columbia. Russell, you mentioned Pope Prep, you know, their movement. I just, you know, there's really nowhere else to move them. They, they have good wins and they've, uh, they're second in the toughest uh, district slash region, whatever you want to call it in our area. I just think there's no place for them to go, but to that number four spot. Um, who do we lose along the way? We dropped out MBA and Clay County. Uh, you know, we don't, we still, we still like these both squads, but uh, just where they were at and their losses, they weren't, they weren't able to stay in. Um, so we have, uh, we have seen them move on to another place, so to speak. Um, replacing, uh, replacing them would be number 15 York Institute. Uh, 21 and six uh, has come up with consistently with some good wins over a big long win streak over the last few months. Uh, and then let's talk about Clarksville Academy. Uh, they're among our big, our, our biggest movers. I mean, I, they are technically our biggest mover to go from unranked to number nine. And uh, that just seemed right because uh, Clarksville Academy is just on a big, they're already on a big postseason run and they, they took down French, a good friendship Christian team and, and then beat Good Pasture in, in a district championship uh, final. So uh, that's and, – and and Good Pasture still has a lot of weapons. So and, – and they were previously uh, up there at – shoot, I think they were inside our top ten. I mean, that was uh, – that's still a good basketball team to, to beat despite the absence of Isaiah West. So Clarksville Academy, that, that – at this point, those, those wins are carrying a little more weight to me, uh, big postseason wins. So that, that kind of explains their jump. Uh, Clarksville moved up four spots, number seven. Uh, some of it was just there was some movement. Uh, Lebanon and Green Hill uh, falling but because of their losses last week. But Clarksville is just a team that has continued to win. And uh, J.J. Wheat and, and that cast, is that's that's some real talent there. So uh, it's a it's a team that uh, that we're still watching really closely there. And that now, now that especially they've jumped up to in, well into our top ten. Uh, a couple teams that just missed... Uh, Oakland, at, with 17 wins, that's a group that we like. Uh, followed by Franklin and Greenbrier, uh, all all three really good teams. Right now, I, I kind of noticed last week there's a bunch of 15-win teams that are all really good at this point of the year who, who look deserving of a spot. There's just not enough space to fit them all in. So, uh, you know, rankings are, are what they are at this point in the year. I think a lot of teams just want to go uh, keep winning just for the sake of keeping their seasons alive. Um which, which kind of brings us to uh, our, our final segment, all right? The games of the week are – they've never been more important. So our games of the week now are – we're in the postseason, and uh, they really mean a lot. A couple of these we're going to kind of project. Uh, we, we're just kind of – a couple of these games are on tap already. They're scheduled, and some of them are sort of who we think are going to be in these district finals. Uh, just just an FYI for you. I – I hate to harp on D two AA Middle Region too much, but I think we're going to see a Pope BA final, and that's going to be a good one. Um, I love the guard matchups: Tyler Tanner for for Brentwood Academy and Tristan Conger at Pope. Uh, I also think kind of an underrated matchup would be down low DJ Center for BA and Antonio Wilkerson for Pope. I think that's that will be a fun physical matchup. Uh, that game would be Saturday. Russell, what else are you seeing out there? Yeah, another one I've got my eye on still in D two, uh, but the the middle region in, in single A, that one is uh, that one's pretty tough to call there because like you said, Clarksville Academy just beat Good Pasture last week for the District Four Championship, and I think there's a decent chance that Good Pasture and Clarksville Academy are going to meet again on Saturday to decide the middle region. Uh, Good Pasture has to get through 
USN and of course Clarksville Academy has got to win a couple tough games too, but uh, it just seems like these are probably the best two teams in that region um, with USN certainly having an argument as well, but you know, Clarksville Academy has got a Mr. Basketball finalist in Eddie Ricks and he just, he looks the part of a future power five kind of guy. You know, he's, he's tall, he's got the, the speed, the, all the, all, all the kind of measurables and eye tests and whatever you want to call it. Um, he's certainly that he's averaging over 20 points a game. And, um, but like you said, good pasture, they've got a really nice young cast, uh, even without Isaiah West, who of course tore his ACL earlier this year. They've got Jaden Jones who's stepped up in a big way in the post King Keery runs the point guard, uh, spot and does it really well. And then a couple seniors and, Chandler Woosley and Josh Williams that can hit some threes and, and bring some energy to the floor. So that's that's a game I'm looking forward to as, as a potential uh, rematch there as a uh, region championship this weekend. Yeah, yeah you got to love a good rematch in the play in high school playoffs there. It, it seems like that design always brings uh, – there's there's plenty of intrigue, plenty of familiarity. Uh, another, another game that we know is set uh, – is district is in district eight for a uh, Laverne Stewart's Creek. When I mentioned earlier, these 15, 16 win teams that are right there playing good basketball. I think these two are, are exactly that. Uh, Damon fan is a great score for Laverne. He had 30 points against Kane Ridge last week as Laverne almost beat our number three team Kane Ridge. Uh, I believe that was just a two point loss 56, 54 Kane Ridge. So, uh, good basketball team, and then Stewart's Creek on that same end has a, has a lot of good athletes and a lot of good defenders. And really, uh, Cane Ridge pulled away by um, about 15 points uh, against Stewart's Creek last Friday, but it, it was the game was a lot closer than that. It kind of got away from Stewart's Creek in that final quarter. So uh, that's a that's a good basketball team. I think that could be a really fun game Friday at Antioch for between those two. Um, Kind of looking over at the girls' side, uh, this is sort of a prediction for next week. I believe Blackman will probably meet in Oakland or Rockvale in the finals uh, of that district. Um, It's been super competitive. You know, you mentioned Russell Rockvale and the history. I mean, how how big that surprise last year was, that that upset. I just think that speaks to how deep that girls' basketball and basketball talent and uh, Rutherford County really is. Um, so I just think that's going to be a fun, I think that's going to be a fun final, no matter what, um, what about, what other big ones are you seeing? Yeah. Another potential final here in district 11 for a, uh, the girls side, of course, Hillsboro and Brentwood are the top two seeds there. And, um, I think I like both of them to advance to the final and, and meet on Saturday for a third time this year. They split the season series, uh, but both games were very close. Uh, we're talking, three or four points each game is decided by you know a basket or two here or there and Hillsborough's been especially good lately and uh, you know they actually closed the regular season by beating Brentwood so I'm sure they feel like they've got the confidence to do it again mm-hmm. and uh, got a couple scorers and Dariana Salter and Latasia Latasia Williamson who are both about that around the 11 point per game mark and uh, you know Hillsborough might be a, a team that you know now that they had a full off season and a full season um, might have a chance again at a state tournament run so we'll just we'll have to see about that. Yeah, it does seem like Hillsborough Brentwood have played uh, some really good games. I know you were at one of them earlier in the year, um, at least one of them. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens over there. And I mean, really, there's there's a lot that we haven't covered 
in this list, as you know, Russell, we, you know, we, we have a time constraint, but I mean, there's, there's going to be a ton of good games um, just across the board. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I know a couple of these district tournament brackets, I don't, we might still be missing a couple of them. Uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, there's still a couple be teams that need to be filled in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By but, the time you um, listen to this, hopefully it's all, there should be all in by the time people listen. So. Right, right. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, man. I, I'm, I'm excited to get out there and write about it. Definitely, yeah. And uh, of course, we will have coverage from all over the region at MainStreetPreps.com all week. And you're going to want to, if you're not already subscribed, you know, this is probably a good time to hop on because it's there's just going to be tons of content uh, every day. Tons of stories and photos and everything else. So uh, you can definitely check that out at MainStreetPreps.com. Follow us on Twitter at MainStreetPreps. And like us on Facebook. Uh, Just search up MainStreetPreps and you'll find us. So that's kind of what's coming this week. And we appreciate everybody being here again. And, uh, you know, next week we'll come back and kind of dissect everything that happened and preview the next round of the playoffs. So thanks for joining us and we'll see you back soon. This has been Main Street Preps This Week with Russell Venosi and Tyler Palmatier. Follow on Twitter at Main Street Preps. Follow Russell at Russell V underscore MSP and Tyler at T Palmatier 83 all on Twitter. And don't forget to check out MainStreetPreps.com for continuing coverage of high school sports all across Middle Tennessee. Main Street Preps this week is a Main Street Media production.